Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hope you're enjoying whatever time you've decided to check into the Keep It Renal podcast. Um, this is a new endeavour by myself, Carl May, in collaboration with Kidney Research UK to explore some of the issues around kidney disease and really try and get the message out there a little bit more about the experiences of kidney patients, the experiences of the nephrologists who are treating them and the scientists who are researching the diseases uh, in hope to find better treatments and hopefully even cures. This is the first episode of the Keep It Renal podcast and during these first few episodes we're interviewing a kidney patient called Cade. Cade has steroid resistant nephrotic syndrome and he takes us through his patient journey right from the start when he was around 15 years old and first started experiencing symptoms right up to the present day. Um, And Cade's a great subject um, purely because he's been through almost everything you can imagine as a kidney patient. The main aim of the podcast is to share information from the different perspectives that all of us have around kidney health. So the perspectives from patients themselves regarding their patient journey uh, and the treatments that they've received. We hope to talk to nurses and doctors who are treating the kidney patients and get to hear about some of their concerns. Um, And we also hope to hear from scientists and researchers who are looking into the actual mechanisms of how these diseases work um, and the research that's going on into finding better treatments and cures. This podcast is supported by Kidney Research UK. Um, and I definitely recommend them as a source of information around your kidney health, whether you're a kidney patient or not. Um, We talk a lot about the missing million in kidney health and that many of us could have underlying symptoms of kidney failure and not really understand. So if you want to know more about your kidneys and how to keep your kidneys healthy, then definitely check out Kidney Research UK's website. Um, I'd like to add that all information included in the following recording is my own opinion when I'm speaking and that of Dr. Caroline Platt who is my co-host for this series of episodes. Um, Our our opinions are our own and do not represent the opinions of the organisations that we work for. Great, so I hope you enjoy hearing about Cade's journey. Um, uh, So with no further ado, let's join him now. Thank you Cade very much for coming. Very welcome. All the way from Yeovil. Nice we are here. we are recording in the lovely Victoria rooms in Bristol. <laughs> beautiful. So it's a beautiful building and we're very happy to be recording our first podcast that I'm hoping to call Keep It Renal. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A bit gangster, <laughs> like keep it real, but keep it real. It might work. Oh. It might go oh, in the bin. Yeah, it'll, it'll catch on soon. <laughs> <laughs> People wearing t-shirts saying Maybe. keep it renal. Keep it renal. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so just to introduce myself, uh, my name's Carl and I... I work on like the molecular biology and um, the sort of disease process of how um, kidneys can be affected during kidney disease, specifically looking at nephrotic syndrome, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. Uh, I'm with lovely Caroline. Yeah, so um, I'm Caroline and I am currently working as a clinician at the Bristol Children's Hospital and I, um, I'm working as a locum consultant at the moment, having done most of my training at the Children's Hospital. Um, and I met Cade when I was a registrar, probably five years ago, was it? That's probably. a long so time. Maybe that sort of ballpark. Yeah. So yeah. amazing Crazy. to see him again, looking great and well. And, um, uh, you know, renal medicine has always been something that I have <laughs> had an interest in. So it's real privilege to work 
with patients like Cade. Yeah, so the main star of the show is Cade. Uh, so don't you just want to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, thank you, Caroline, for those very kind words. <laughs> so I really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, my, my name's Cade. Um, I am a <coughs> renal patient. I've been a renal patient for you know, four or five years. Um, I got nephrotic syndrome and now I'm here. But um, I... I've just finished doing my um, diploma, extended diploma in engineering at college, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, oh, nice to get that over. Yeah, that's summer off. Now, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, just waiting my grades and hopefully going to get a, a nice apprenticeship with Rolls Royce. Cool. Uh, so when do you get your grades? When do you know? Well, that's the thing. I won't know until they get marked, my assignments get marked, so I have no idea. Right. But I need to get my grades soon, so I've got to let them know. Yeah. Um, hopefully soon it's just feeling in limbo that sort yeah, of yeah it's kind of just like not knowing what's going to happen but uh yeah no i'm i'm 20 years old um and started my journey about 14 15 yeah so it was yeah five years ago nearly god amazing that so what what we're trying to do here is there's each of us brings a sort of different experience to kidney disease um and the, the thing that the thing i really remember is during my undergraduate so i did um molecular genetics as my first degree and um, I remember a lecturer saying that the, the the key thing you're going to learn in any microbiology or biochemistry degree is just how to visualise what's going on within within a cell, say. And unfortunately, the hangover of that is that I think most science we're working we're working within a cell so so much that often we forget what tissue that cell is in, let alone the organ, let alone the person. So that's sort of the perspective I bring. And we've got obviously Caroline as a clinician and you as a patient. Um, and there's an argument in philosophy uh, that I'm not going to get too deep into to prove that I don't understand. But it's about you can there's a it's called Mary's room, and it talks about how you Mary is locked in a room that's completely black and white, and she's researching color, and she knows everything about color. She knows how the brain perceives color, all the neuroscience behind that, the physics of the wavelengths of the light, and how colors are different wavelengths. Like she knows all the facts. But because she's in a black and white room, she's never seen, she's never actually seen mm. red. And so when she comes out the room into a world of colour, is she able to see red? And I think that's quite analogous to our situation whereby, you know, I might be able to yeah. tell you molecularly what we think is going on within cells in the kidneys that's causing disease. But I haven't got a clue about what goes on in the hospital. Mm. Um, and then, you know, each of you bring in your own perspective. So hopefully between the three of us, we're sort of getting the full picture so hopefully through the yeah absolutely conversation we'll sort of cover those all those aspects what i'd like you to do kate is just sort of set the scene of sort of pre-disease or just just you know just before you sort of got symptomatic what were you up to how were you feeling what were your sort of hopes and dreams if you will if that's not too american <laughs> no um yeah no i uh, i was um i was 15 years old um and i was coming to the end of um, year ten, um, and I was, I was, I was healthy as far as I was aware. I was healthy. I was doing um, air cadets twice a week, which was great. I did love air cadets. Yes, yeah, so I was great. in air cadets too. So yeah, yeah. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it was it was great. I, I, did, I did love it. I mean, I think I joined uh, two years prior, and um, and yeah, I just it just t- took off. Did so much stuff. Loved it. Brilliant. But um, and then I I think I just come back or a few months prior I just come back from a um a trip with um with the school because uh, I was doing uh, my art 
uh, GCSE, one of our things that we did was went to Barcelona to have a look at all the art oh, nice. exhibitions and everything. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Nice to get away from school. Nice yeah. and hot. Mm. But, um, so so it's like having all this nice stuff and then kind of go into like, oh, God, right, okay, what's going on? So what was the first thing you noticed? The first thing I noticed, um, I it was definitely the swelling. Right. Yeah, the edema. Um, mm. I noticed um, it was very small at first. It was just like I'd come back from cadets and I'd untie my boots and I'd see like um, sock in- indentations, mm. like, but it was kind of bigger than what you'd expect and it, and it wouldn't go down straight away. Mm. So, That's fairly is, common, is it? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, is it helpful to explain that even yeah, at basic totally. level? Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, you know, a... one of the things that is very common in our patient group, um, it, particularly in children, is 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 edema, which is the is the swelling under the skin when water accumulates outside of the blood vessels. And really the, the, the reason that that happens in people with kidney disease is because the kidney leaks protein, which it shouldn't in ordinary circumstances do. Um, and when you don't have protein within your blood vessels the water within your blood vessels uh, becomes uh, the, the water within your blood vessels doesn't stay w- within the within the blood vessels it leaks out into the into the surrounding tissues and that's when you see swelling and in in children like Cade or teenagers like Cade that usually presents in what we call dependent areas so um, areas w- w- which have been uh, which evolved because of gravity so uh, particularly lower limbs and in little babies they can accumulate fluid around there and the lower parts of their backs and sometimes if you have a lot of swelling then that presents in in with with abdominal swelling or tummy swelling and we call that ascites and in Cade's case I think you also had swelling around the face and the eyes I think that was only a case when I would um when I had a lot of fluid yeah on, or if I was lying down for a, a reasonable amount of time mm. and all the fluid would just kind of spread around my body yeah. and then you could kind of see it in, in my face but um yeah, yeah it, it was definitely noticeable at certain times and it, it's quite unusual in children for children to have edema is it's unusual so presenting to a healthcare professional it can it it, it can present a challenge because children in particular children shouldn't have swelling in the way that you describe so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly sometimes yeah. It can take a while to get to the bottom of it it's a very telltale sign that something's not right mm. with uh, yeah. the right. Body. kidneys. Yeah. So, how did you sort of feel when you noticed that? Awesome. Especially as a teenager, and I think yeah. it's fair to say, particularly males tend to ignore symptoms yeah. or think everything's all right. So, to be honest, uh, I was it was quite like that. I didn't like think everything was all right, but I did kind of just ignore. It. I just thought ah, it's fine. It's it's not. It's just nothing. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It will yeah. go away, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think I I did have a uh, a blood test at the um at the doctors. Mm. So did you quite quickly sort of call the GP or? It wasn't quickly. It was only about a week later yeah. where I noticed it was starting to build up a lot. Mm. Was it painful? Not at first. No. Okay. It was only when quite a while down the road when it hadn't been diagnosed mm. that it was still building up and we mm. still had no idea what was going on so yeah. I was continuing my life as normal yeah. and it would, it would, then it would start to hurt especially yeah. walking to uh, school every day and back again so it soles your feet it's like the gravity yeah. that yeah. Caroline said yeah, that hurt and I can't remember whether you ever had more significant fluid build up because you can get fluid build up that's so extensive that it affects the way you breathe um, and you can therefore find it difficult to do activities that other kids your age would be yeah. doing so running around or you know exercise wow. tolerance can be affected did you have that well I think I think luckily I didn't have it so much around my chest area yeah 
they didn't often find much in my lungs. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which is obviously a very, very good thing. Yeah. So the flu can come out into your lungs. Yeah, yeah. into your air spaces if it's right. really, really significant. And that's one of the, you know, that that can be one of the ways in which you present. You have a, what we call respiratory distress or difficulty with breathing. Mm. Um, and that would indicate, you know, quite significant um, fluid overload, as we it would like to say. So fluid not in your blood vessels and, and having leaked out um, or uh, into your other other areas that it's not meant to be, really. Yeah, uh, no. I think luckily I didn't have that, but I did get quite exhausted mm. sometimes, especially walking to school and, uh, and back again. It, it just, yeah. And walking around school, yeah, it was, um, I, I was just walking everywhere mm. at the time. So I, I just, it was so exhausting. Um, really, I did really feel it. I did try and push on, like it was nothing. Yeah. And, but did your friends notice it? Did people at school notice? And say, yeah. You know, well, what's going on I, no one at school noticed. My friends. I'm not sure they noticed, but I, I did tell them. Yeah. I think because I um, would sometimes I have to go have a doctor's appointment or something. They would be like, I would I would tell them like, oh, it's just because of this. Mm. Um. So they did, they were aware. But I'm quite impressed you pitched up to the GP in a week. I <laughs> yeah, think I, would I have ignored it for a long time. I think that was, that was more my my mum. Mom, was it not? Yeah. Your yeah. mum was really yeah. on it, wasn't she? She was on it. I could carb on she it. She was on your case. Yeah. I remember it. She was. I remember her very well. Yeah, fair enough. But she got down to the GP and I had my blood test and we then we waited results and but mm. nothing came back. Nothing came out. Oh, okay. My, well, nothing abnormal as such. Mm, that's interesting. So, so, what would they be looking for in the blood? Because, to my mind, obviously, naive and uneducated, I'd be dipping the urine and look for yeah. creatine urine. It's very possible that at that stage, that your kidneys weren't showing any signs of stress. You know, it, it really yeah. what you what you see in the blood of someone who's leaking a lot of protein is you see a low level of the protein that that is is now in the urine and should be in the bloodstream, and that's called albumin, and that uh, that's it's one of the major proteins that floats around in your blood vessels and that's what creates this this ability to maintain water in the right space within the body um so what you'd what you'd expect in in the situation where someone was presenting with lots of swelling is that that level of albumin in the bloodstream would be very low but obviously you have to ask for that specific test yeah Um, and if you're not thinking that that might be a problem then you might you know it might be something that you discover later down the line so where did you go from there when a blood test comes back negative well, we just continued on for a few more weeks and just to see how things would go. Um, and it got to the point where nothing was getting better. I was yeah. just putting on more fluid yeah. and yeah. it was just uncomfortable and got another um, another appointment at the GP. Uh, luckily, this time was a different GP. Right. It was an on-call GP. Um, and he had uh, coincidentally had a kidney transplant before. Oh, my goodness. So he wow. was fa- fairly aware of kidneys. Kidney, yeah. yeah, kidney yeah. Uh, and and he, he looked at me and thought, mm, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Something's yeah. not right. Yeah, I know this. God, how, that's quite lucky. It's that, that really, really lucky. And yeah. I guess by that stage, things had evolved quite significantly and yes. you had a lot more swelling. It was just yeah. more evident that something really wasn't right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he, he said to me, you know, have you had your urine dipped? Have you had mm. uh, your blood pressure done? Have you had all this done for the, the testing, this kind of stuff? And I was like, no, I'm <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, right, okay, let's do this then. So we dip so, the urine because that's a primary indicator. If we look for protein in the yeah. urine, it totally shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, and that's I, a you know bedside test, easy. You know, everywhere has a urine dipstick um, available, so it's very easy, straightforward test to do. 
and yeah. it will pick up this condition. And not only can the dipsticks test for you know, urine and, and, and blood, but mm. it can also test for other stuff as well, not even with kidney d- disease itself. Mm. So it's always quite useful to yeah, you know, great... dip your urine if you're not feeling too good as well nice. in any other conditions. Mm. So Yeah, it's got a lot of useful information in it. So this yeah. was down, did you end up going to sort of, was this like an out-of-hours GP? Yes. Yeah, so like down in Yeovil. Yes, yeah, yeah. Down, down in Yeovil, yeah. 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 Um, and then, and yeah, he did all this stuff, and then he just diagnosed me straight right, you know, right there, and then with uh, nephrotic syndrome. Nephrotic syndrome. Oh. Yeah. So, Caroline, can you, I mean, I possibly could give a really shabby description <laughs> of what nephrotic syndrome is, but if you could give us a I mean, really, clinician's really, description. The, from a clinical perspective, nephrotic syndrome is a way of describing a triad of, of features. So the first is what Cade's already described, which is the swelling, otherwise known as edema. And that happens because of having a low level of the protein albumin in your blood. So that's called hypoalbuminemia. So that's low levels of protein in the blood. And that happens because your kidney is leaking protein so you have uh, albuminuria so that's albumin in the urine or more generically known as proteinuria Um, and it's that triad of features so the swelling the presence of protein in the urine and the low levels of albumin in the blood um, that that, that give you your diagnosis of nephrotic syndrome Um, and aside from that other things that go along with it is having a a lot of uh, cholesterol in your blood as well um, and that's a basic description of, of how Cade presented. And at that stage, I think we didn't really know why that had happened to you and what the, the what the real cause of that was. And that, that process happens over a period of weeks and months in terms of understanding the disease in a yeah. bit more um, uh, detail. Yeah, so yeah. just to expand that into a bit of where the research community is out. Nephrotic syndrome, anything that has the word syndrome in it means that you're just describing a collection of mm, symptoms. Yeah. It doesn't tell you a lot about the cause and there can be lots and lots of different causes of nephrotic mm. syndrome. Um, and currently, unfortunately, um, we're not very good at distinguishing between the different causes of nephrotic syndrome when a patient presents. Um, and that leads to potentially... Um, treating the patient with with steroids that's not necessary but that's just useful clinically to try and determine for us to get to the point of figuring mm. out what type of nephrotic syndrome this patient has so a lot of the work that we do in the lab is trying to find things that we call biomarkers so something in the blood or something we can do some sort of test we can do to try and figure out what type of nephrotic syndrome a patient has before we start on the course mm. of treatment and the benefits to that are sort of many. So the patient's not having to go through a treatment course that might have side effects that are unpleasant when the treatment's useless. Um, if you want to be a bit more um, a-emotional about it, it saves the NHS a lot of money if we're not giving treatments yeah. that are you um, not going to work. So how are you feeling at this point? Because it's it's obviously starting to escalate a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that that point. As soon as I heard, you know, nephrotic syndrome, I was, I had no idea what it was. Mm. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, this uh, sounds a bit serious now. Yeah. So I'm starting to get a bit worried. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then he uh, admits me to the Yeovil Hospital for the night, and I'm like, okay, right, well, that's not good at all. So, <laughs> right, right over to uh, the hospital for a night, and then in the morning they send me over to Bristol Children's Hospital mm. to the renal unit to uh, to then start to get. To get somewhere. Mm. And what was that like when you feel... Because it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you're thinking, yeah. right, well, I'm going to the major centre, so it's a bit more specialised, perhaps a bit more helpful, but... Yeah. But it's away from home and... Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you're you're at a distance. We have that with a lot of our patients, you know, that they're they're far from home when they're going through a really difficult time and sometimes people have issues with transport and work arrangements for parents and it creates its whole set of uh unique problems having to be managed for a long period of time away from your your base really so where does bristol cover to because i hear moyne talking about doing a clinic down in truro yeah Yeah. so we cover the whole of the southwest region really so from truro across to swindon um so i think so so it's a it's a it's a large um it's a large area of the country um in terms of distance and you know some of our most challenging cases have been at a distance from us so truro and we've you know, had dialysis patients who come up four times a week from Truro and the equivalent, God, they travel yeah. the equivalent distance of Bristol to Edinburgh and back in I a mean, week. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And at a stressful time as well. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like you're going to Alton Towers and you don't mind exactly. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're amazingly lucky because we have a great network of paediatricians um, that help us manage more complex patients in their, as as far as possible in their local area. But mm. people, for people like Kate, who is, you know, the beginning of his journey, um, it was important that he was with us so we could understand what was going on, really. Yeah. And did you, yeah. so you, so you're in Bristol Children's Hospital. Yeah. And did you start, did people start to explain to you a bit more about what was going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, immediately I had some doctors come and, um, and, and start to say, say why I was here, kind of what nephrotic syndrome was and what they need to do. And in the near future to uh, kind of determine a bit more about the condition that I have. Um, but, yeah, straight to a bed, um, and, and and they took it from there. So Were there, quick. I don't want to say children because there's not a child at this point, yeah. but were there other yeah. sort of patients that were a similar age? Was that No, not similar age. They were okay. significantly younger yeah. um, mm-hmm. children than I was. I think I, I was a strange case of being 15 years old presenting Mm. then um with no other past experiences at all yeah so and i think being a bit older made me a bit more confident about being there okay. um probably by myself when my, mm. my family couldn't come up yeah because again yeah like you said bristol to yeah. where i live at the moment is well where i was living was um a good an hour and a half mm. away so it was a uh, quite a long journey to yeah. come up every every yeah. every day when well, your parents again. have got to work and got exactly. their sort yeah, of yeah, commitments, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. and they, I've got two other sisters that I live right. with, and they've got to provide for them as well. Yeah, so it's it's not always going to be easy, but thankfully, being that age, being alone was was not too bad. Yeah, so I was I was quite happy with that. And can, happy, I, can but... I ask a question, Kate? Yeah, Sorry to interrupt sure. you. Yeah. I was just, I wanted to ask if you felt out of place being an older person in a paediatric hospital. I mean, obviously, it, it, we look after patients up to the age of 18. It's, but, but with you on our ward, I can imagine that a lot of the patients are often younger. Um, and I wondered how that felt for you at the time. Um, I think, I think I wasn't, I wasn't too bothered about being the oldest there as yeah. such. I, yeah. I, 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 it's a paediatric. Um, pediatric ward mm, so yeah. I again I was a child so technically I, yeah. I was but I belonged there yeah. so it was it was alright but um, I think knowing that um, I was presenting later mm. on I was a bit like oh okay that's interesting yeah um, flagged a few yeah. a, a few warning signs at the, from the from the outset exactly, exactly. Yeah. and I think I kind of just felt a bit more, um, I would say sorry, just, a, just not felt bad for the other patients. Cause if they were in my place or worse than my, I was yeah. in, um, but being, 
younger, yeah. that's that's just that's hard. That's hard on the parents mm. as well. Mm. So yeah. that, that 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 was yeah, that was an interesting experience mm. um yeah. starting off there. So yeah, so that's rough. And I think as well, you I bet you get tripped over the terminology of sort of saying, right, I'm going to go and treat the kids. And then kids are like, yeah, yeah, really feet, really sticking tall, out, feet sticking out at the 15, end of the bed. Taller than me. <laughs> yeah, you were taller yeah. than sure, most of the 15. consultants working there actually, at the time. I always remember you being tall. Yeah. You were yeah. always tall. Do they have different size okay. beds? Is it normally a smaller bed in the pediatric? No. <laughs> I mean, only if you're an infant, no. you need okay. a cot. Otherwise, right. if you're in a normal bed, you're in a normal bed. So they don't just say to kids, like, tough luck, mate. This is the yeah. pediatric world. No, Here's I, a three foot bed. I mean, I couldn't really fit in it. Yeah, so. deal with it. Yeah. Legs hanging off the edge. <laughs> okay, so you felt quite well supported despite being that little bit older. Yeah, well, I had I had my family, and I got quite a big family, so mm. that was that. And everyone there felt that, like the um, the nurses, everyone was really kind, and mm. and, and just felt you make you felt at ease, yeah, kind of thing. So yeah. And did they manage to get things under control while you was in the children's hospital? Oh yes, it it took a few weeks. Um, but I think my first course of action was to go on some steroids mm-hmm. um, to figure out whether it was um, steroid-dependent or steroid-resistant nephrotic syndrome. Mm-hmm. That was the first port of call. So I was put on, I was put on them. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the first episode of our interview with Cade. Um, hope you've learned a lot about nephrotic syndrome and how it's treated. So we leave Cade there with him just talking about starting his prednisolone, which is a steroid therapy. Um, and we'll pick up his story in the next episode with him talking about where his journey went from there. Thanks very much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, as I say, this is a new endeavour with Kidney Research UK. It's a new way of us trying to get the message out there. So any and all feedback will be very gratefully received. Um, so please check out our Twitter page. So our Twitter handle is at keepitrenal. Send any questions in, any tips, any things you think we could improve. Um, it'll be very gratefully received. We really hope to tailor this podcast um, to the listeners' expectations and really just provide you a different channel of information. So thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Please give us any feedback using our Twitter handle at Keep It Renal um, and see you in the next episode.